I want to start with a question tonight for you, and that is this. If you had 30 minutes to ask Jesus anything and hear his answer, what would you ask him? If you had 30 minutes to ask Jesus any question, what would you ask him? If you had three years with Jesus and you could ask him anything you wanted, what would you ask him? If you wanted to learn any discipline, anything in the Christian life, and Jesus could be your tutor, what would you ask him? In our study tonight, we're going to be looking at what the disciples wanted to learn from Jesus. I thought this was interesting. If you listen to this, this is Matthew chapter 19. That's not going to be our text for tonight. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, we read, Then there were brought unto him, this is Jesus, little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. I was thinking about this. If you brought your child to Jesus, what would you ask him to do for your child? I thought it was interesting. They wanted him to pray for them. And I got to thinking, so what did Jesus pray for these kids? Wouldn't you love to, wouldn't you love to hear that prayer? To know what did Jesus pray for kids? A study that might be interesting is on the prayers of Jesus. What did Jesus pray for? In Matthew 26, 36, we read, Then cometh Jesus unto them, unto a place called Gethsemane, and he said unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. What do you think went through the disciples' minds when Jesus said, you sit here, and I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to pray? Do you think any of them thought, oh, great, here goes the evening? Oh, wow, this is going to be a long time. I mean, we often think of people in two-dimensional thought. These are disciples. These are, these are leaders of what's going to be the church. These are people just like you and me, and they had been with Jesus, I got to thinking about this, and can we just take a real quick view of the prayers or the times Jesus prayed just in the book of Luke? Okay, so if you want to follow with me, let's start with Luke 3, 21. Luke 3, 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heavens were opened. Isn't it interesting that Jesus prayed at his baptism? In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, we read, And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, we read, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. 
And it came to pass, as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him. And he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? In Luke 9:28, And it came to pass, about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistening. A couple more pages, Luke chapter 11. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Luke chapter 22, verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. Luke 22, 44. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. Tonight, we're going to look at Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. This is the sixth time in the book of Luke that we're told that Jesus prayed. It was such a common part of Jesus' life that all the things the disciples could have asked Jesus to do. Isn't it interesting? They said, Lord, teach us to witness. Teach us how to be good witnesses. How about, Lord, teach me to preach. Wouldn't you love to preach like Jesus? But that's not what they asked. Lord, teach me to cast out demons. No. Lord, teach me how to be patient. No. Lord, teach me to pray. It was the one thing that John's disciples asked John to teach them. Isn't that interesting? Here was John who was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth, before birth. He was the greatest of the prophets. John was family to Jesus, and yet John prayed. It was while Jesus was praying that his disciples came to him. I find it instructive that we read so often Jesus was praying. In fact, I think by what it describes for us, there's a lot of times Jesus was praying that we don't even hear about. It was just his way of life. And his disciples, when he finished praying, they said, Lord, teach us how to do this. And that's not what we're going to look at. On the back of your sheet, you'll see some Bible study notes and the title, I Want to Know How to Pray. And I just gave you some blanks there just to kind of keep you engaged so that while you're munching on the cookies, you don't zone out on me, okay? So as you look at that, are we ready? Any of you need to reload on cookies before we get into this any further? Seriously, go for it. Cookies are back there. Should we, should we hand those around? You don't want to get up, but you'd really like them. You adults are hoping someone's going to pass them by. Is that what you're saying? Okay, while they're coming around, I'm going to read our text for tonight. 
So I hope there's some left when they come to you guys, okay? <laughs> I'm teasing. She brought lots of them for us. Okay, in Luke chapter 11 we read, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And when he said unto them, which of you, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he shall say, uh, and he within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you that though he will not rise and give, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, importunity means his persistence, he won't quit, he just keeps doing it, he keeps knocking, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a friend shall say, if a, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give, for a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now tonight as we go through this, let's look about this. First of all, I want you to notice he's going to build on this for us tonight. They ask, Lord, how do we pray? And Jesus says, okay, here's how to pray. Now, we often hear this as the Lord's Prayer, but really it's a pattern prayer. It's a disciple's prayer. Jesus is teaching them how to pray. If you read it in Matthew, you find it doesn't read exactly the same. What does that tell us? It's not a magic formula. It is a pattern. So let's look at this pattern together. First of all, number one, pattern for praying, verses 1 through 4. I want you to notice he begins by saying, Our Father. Literally, it's important to remember it involves a personal relationship. It involves a personal relationship. Our Father. Prayer depends upon a personal relationship. Um, he says, Hallowed be thy name. I want you to notice there is a concern for God's honor. This relationship comes only through Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice, when we pray, it's always important to remember we're praying to God, not to others. Sometimes we get in a group and people say, oh, I can't pray in front of other people. Stop praying to other people. Pray to God. God hears your words. 
God's the one that you want to notice what's going on. I, I read this story, I thought this was interesting. Lyndon Johnson's press secretary, Bill Moyers, was saying prayer at a staff lunch. And the president shouted, as if you remember your history, Lyndon Johnson was somewhat of a larger than life man. He shouted, speak up, Bill, I can't hear a thing. And Moyer quietly replied, I wasn't addressing you, Mr. President. <laughs> You know, it's always good for us to remember, when we pray, we're talking to God. First of all, it involves a personal relationship. Second of all, it involves personal responsibilities. Notice what he said to pray. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we pray, our focus, our responsibility is to make sure we're honoring God's kingdom and we are honoring God's will. The purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done in heaven. It's not to twist God's arm. The purpose of prayer is to see God's will done on earth. And so as we're praying, our responsibility is that we want to honor God's kingdom. That's our purpose for being here. And we want to do God's will. So prayer is not telling God what we want and then trying to do whatever, trying to use whatever God gives us selfishly. Prayer is asking God to use us to accomplish what he wants so that he's glorified. His kingdom is extended. His kingdom is strengthened. His will is done. So here's a prayer test. As we're praying, am I praying for God's kingdom and for God's will? So let's stop and think for a moment. What are some things we know are God's will? You can pray confidently. For all to be saved. For all to be saved. That's exactly right. It's not God's will that any should perish. So we know when we pray, we don't have to say, Lord, if it's your will that this person gets saved. Scripture's already told us what? It's God's will that everyone be saved. So when we're praying, we're praying God's will. We're praying for God's kingdom to be advanced. What else? What else do we know is God's will? Christ to be honored. Christ to be honored. What else? That we would be transformed. To be thankful. To honor, uh, to honor your parents. We know that that's true. To bring glory to God with our lives. Is it God's will that we stay pure? For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. All right, we know it's God's will. It's God's will that people's faith increase and not fail. You know, that's God's will that your faith not fail. You know, it's God's will that his people would be one. That's what Jesus prayed for. That all of God's people, you think of all of the rivalry and everything that's going on around us. And of course, we're the right ones and all those other ones aren't right, correct? I mean, we know that. We can at least start with that, aren't we? We're the right ones and everyone else is wrong. But the reality is, Jesus prayed, I pray that they would be one. Wow. Wow. What an attitude. You know, it's important for Christians, how will we know what God's will is? 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How do we know what God's will is? Through the Bible. It's exactly right. That's what God is teaching us. God's telling us, know my word. That's God's will for us. You know, I would guess you've had people tell you the same thing, where people defend themselves by saying, I prayed about it and God said it was all right. How about a person who's going to marry an unsaved person? I prayed about it. It's God's will. Will, God, will God's will ever be against his word? Can't. He couldn't be God. Can God have a change of mind to where God says, oh yeah, this is the way to go, but I'm not doing that. What makes God so special, what makes God so unique is God is holy. There is no sin in God and God never changes. Therefore, you can always count on God. You know if he said this, you can do it. So here's the thing. As we pray, we want to test all of our personal requests by these overruling concerns if I expect God to hear and answer my prayers. I think sometimes we're uncomfortable asking because we really don't know for certain, is this God's will? That's why it's so important in our confidence in praying. What did Jesus do? Jesus was praying God's will. Therefore, he was confident what he should be asking. And you say, well, but he's Jesus. As a fully human, yet fully God, he prayed here on earth. And he said, Lord, I want this. But what did he say? But I know your will. And I want your will to be done. Sometimes God's will is going to direct us in ways that it wouldn't be what we would naturally choose as a, as a uh, human. Number C, it involves personal dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. When we pray that, what are we really saying? Lord, these are things that I need to be about your kingdom. It may not be as much as what we would like to have. But he's saying, pray for your personal needs, your daily bread. He says, focus on your personal failures. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive me for my sins. And as you pray, we pray about others' failures as we forgive those who trespass against us. You see how practical our praying can be and how it keeps us from becoming bitter? Keeps us from, from shutting down because all of a sudden we begin to realize, I have failed. Lord, please forgive me. I recognize so-and-so. He's hurt me. I forgive him. And then, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What are we learning about that? Recognizing the spiritual battles that are going on around us all the time. Every day. You know, I got hit with a spiritual battle today that was so obvious. And I'm going to guess each of us got hit today. Maybe we didn't notice it. But I don't believe Satan ever just says, oh, you get a pass and you get a pass and you get a pass. So, it involves um, a personal relationship. It involves personal responsibilities. 
Okay. And I gave you a third one. It involves personal dependence. Second point, persistence in praying. Notice what we read there. He says, Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in, in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall say, Go away, I'm in bed. Mute. My kids are in bed with me. Really? I don't know. But he's saying, I'm settled in for the night. I don't want to come to the door. And he says, the friend is still going to come and say, how much do you need? What do you need? Why? Because of his importunity, literally his persistence, he keeps knocking and knocking and saying, John, I know you're in there. You're right, I'm in here. I'm trying to get some sleep. John, are you coming to the door? I'm in bed, I don't care, come down here, I've got guests that have come in, and the store is closed. Oh, please, just go away. I'm not going away. So what do you do? You start bumping the car and make the car alarm go off. You start pulling the door until the, heart, the, the, the house alarm goes off. You start walking around until all the outside lights start tripping on. All right, I'm coming down, will you? Now, he gives this illustration because he says, I want you to think about something. Now, remember, what is our relationship with Christ based on? It is not based on friendship. It's based on sonship. I am family. But he uses the illustration of friendship to help us to understand this point. He says, look, how many people who have a friend that comes to the door, and even if they don't want to get up and help their friend, they do it. Because they don't want the friend just to keep knocking on the door. Why? Because the friend says, you're good for it. Just give me the bread. Just give me the bread. Well, that's exactly what he's telling us. He says, when you've learned how to pray, and he talks about that relationship in prayer, he says, now be persistent in your praying. He says, don't quit. Don't give up. And then he says, look, how many dads when their son asks for something, would give him something that would hurt him? And the obvious answer is, no dad is going to do that. And then he makes this statement, he says, if you as wicked people know how to give good gifts, what would you expect from your heavenly father, who is perfect, who never makes mistakes? So as you pray, he says, be persistent. Now that you know how to pray and you realize, I'm praying with the focus of what's most important, and that is I want to see God's kingdom advance. Now remember, you're in the family. You want your family to do well. God's not asking us to do something that's not in our best interest. And then I want you to notice the third thing. Look at verse 9 with me. He says, and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. And I want you to notice the three promises that are here. First of all, he says, Jesus says, keep coming. Keep coming. Second one, keep asking. Third one, keep pursuing. So let's do a real quick review. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And how did he respond? What did he teach them? First of all, pray to God. Don't pray to impress other people. When we get a hold of that concept, it will really change how comfortable we are praying. Second of all, 
Pray thinking about God's kingdom progressing and God's will. What are the priorities? Third thing, pray specifically material needs, spiritual failures, personal hurt, spiritual temptations. Four, pray persistently. Five, pray expectantly. Lord, teach me how to pray. Now, Jesus gave us a very simple pattern. Now, what Satan's probably going to try to do, we're going to walk out of here, and immediately Satan's going to say, Oh, this is so hard. This is, how do you know how to do this? This is so overwhelming. You must have had to be saved for like, what, 90 years to be able to really pray. And the disciples just said, Lord, can you teach how to pray? And Jesus said, sure. Here are the, here are the components to prayer. You know, we can teach our children these components. We can just be adding these things. We can add these things in ourselves. And as we begin to pray intentionally, we will begin to feel confident because we know that if we ask the things in his will, we have the petitions we're asking for. Is it wrong to pray for your daily needs? Absolutely not. Jesus told you to do that. Is it wrong to ask for forgiveness? Satan's going to say, you're such a wicked sinner. Don't bother praying. He's not going to hear you. What did Jesus say? Pray and ask him to forgive you. Sounds like a pretty straightforward thing, doesn't it? He says, remember others who have sinned. Now we pray for those who have hurt us. We pray for our spiritual battles that we're going through. Lord, this is hard. When you're in the middle of an attack, the most important thing you could do is pray. Just tell Lord, I'm feeling overwhelmed here. I'm really thinking I'm going to give in to this, Lord. I need help. And we know it's God's will to deliver you because Jesus said pray that he will deliver you. Do you see how Satan is so lied? He, he tries to get us to think that it's not the way it, God says it is. He tells us, pray and don't give up. And then pray expecting God to answer. Interestingly, of all the things God said, the disciples could have asked for, teach me to preach, teach me to evangelize, teach me to be patient, teach me to you fill in the blank. The one thing they asked for is, Lord, teach us to pray. And if there's probably one thing that churches are most uncomfortable and do the least of is pray. I, I hope for us as a church, we will just always keep the foundation. We're just dependent on God. We need God to do this. And we trust God to do this. This is a very unique adventure we are in right now. To see a church started and planted... I told you, I had the one man say, you can do that? Like, who gave you the authority to go in here and plant a church? Well, God? Really? But I do believe this. We have started well. But the only thing that will keep us continuing to do well is pray. It's just trust the Lord. Depend on him. Pray what he said, 
And I believe we're going to see a harvest of blessings.